Hi and welcome back to Alpha. We're on to week five. So far on the Alpha course, we've covered a lot of topics. Who is Jesus? The historical claims for who he was. Why did he die? The problem of sin and God's rescue plan, the cross. How can I be sure of my faith? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Will what we're trusting in hold us? And last week we looked at prayer and how we can develop a relationship with God. Today we're going to be looking at the theme of the Bible and how does God guide us. We're going to be asking, what is the Bible and how does it speak to us? And what are the ways that God can guide us in our lives? And what authority does it have? We're going to watch just a brief, funny clip from Only Fools and Horses. What can go wrong when we don't follow the instructions? I still think that's really funny. It just shows us what can go wrong when we don't follow the instructions. Sometimes the Bible has been called the maker's instructions. In an ever more confusing world, the Bible remains unchanged, reliable and authentic. It has been proven, tried and tested. It has authority because it is God's unchanging word. I've always loved this story. In the darkest part of the night, a ship's captain cautiously piloted his warship, scanning the darkness for signs of danger, when suddenly he saw a light ahead of him in the dense fog. They were on collision course. He radioed the oncoming vessel. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Over. We are on collision course. The reply came back. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Over. Irritated, the captain replied again. This is Captain Smith. Alter your course 10 degrees north. That is an order. The reply came back. This is Private Johnson. With all due respect, alter your course 10 degrees south immediately. The captain by now was furious. He growled back. Private Johnson, I can have you court-martialed for this. For the last time, I order you to alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a battleship. The reply was even more chilling. This is Private Johnson. Once again, with all due respect, I command you to alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a lighthouse. The Bible has authority because it is God's unchanging word. In an ever-changing world, the Bible remains unchanged. In a world where we are better connected than ever, we have more information at our fingertips than ever, more knowledge, more resources, the Bible remains the best-selling book of all time. Is it because it carries the authority of God? What we do know is that the Bible is uniquely popular, uniquely powerful, and uniquely precious. Uniquely popular. The 18th century philosopher Voltaire predicted that within a hundred years of his lifetime, the Bible would become a museum piece. Today, 
It remains the best-selling book of all time. It heads the best-seller list every week, every month, of every year. It's an estimated that 100 million copies are sold or given away every year. And the Bible app has been downloaded over 200 million times. It has been translated into more than 1,710 languages. And in the UK alone, it sells over one and a quarter million copies every year. It is uniquely powerful. This book has changed the lives of countless individuals. So many people have encountered the living God and the good news of Jesus Christ through reading this book. From Dostoevsky, who while in prison in Russia read the New Testament, he said, I believe there is no one lovelier, deeper, more sympathetic and more perfect than Jesus. To David Suchet, the actor and radio star most famous for playing Agatha Christie's Poirot, he became a Christian believer through an inner prompt to read the New Testament and reading it changed his life. He encountered Jesus. In fact, Christians are not the only ones who believe that the Bible is powerful. No other book has been more systematically banned, burned or suppressed than the Bible, yet it remains untainted and powerful. It is uniquely precious. On her coronation day, Queen Elizabeth was handed a Bible with the words, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing this world affords. It is so precious. This Bible is a North Korean Bible. It's very rare. In North Korea, it is illegal to be a Christian. It is illegal to own a Bible. It is the most dangerous place on earth to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And the Bible is so precious to North Korean believers that they will often bury it in the ground, hidden away from the authorities, because if they were to find it in their possession, it would mean arrest, imprisonment, and even death, not just for them, but their families too. Yet they risked their lives to have one. So precious is it to them. The Bible reveals God to us. It is the primary way that God speaks to us and guides us. Christianity is a revealed faith. It's not a hidden mystery. We believe that God has revealed himself through creation, through the wonder and the beauty of all that has been made, our own earth, the planets, the galaxies, millions and millions of them, the wonder of creation. And science is that exploration of the revelation of God in creation. And science once again proves to us, once again and again and again, how amazing our God is. And God has supremely revealed himself though in Jesus Christ. He has come himself as a human being. 
This is called special revelation. Without Jesus, we would not know what God is like in terms of his character, his goodness, and what he wants to say to us. And without the Bible and the New Testament, we would not know as much as we do know about Jesus, his words and his actions. God is the ultimate revelation through Jesus Christ. And we know him better and better through the Bible. Through the Bible, we can hear him, we can see him, and we can receive him and get to know him better. God also speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. When we believe in Jesus and we are born again by his Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to help us to know God better. I wonder if you've ever asked these questions. What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? And where am I going? Well, the Bible has the answers. It says that without God, there is no meaning, no purpose, and no hope in life. We're just random accidents. Everything is just meaningless. The Apostle Paul wrote in a letter to the Ephesians, it is in Jesus Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. The Bible tells us again and again that we are loved and that God has come to rescue us, to save us, and that by believing in Jesus, we have a future destiny that is secure. We have a hope that is eternal. All that Jesus has planned for us. God has a plan and purpose for our lives. Someone has said that we have a purpose-driven life. And the first purpose of our lives is to have that relationship with God restored. And the Bible tells us how we can do that. Through Jesus, that barrier between us and the holy God has been removed. Jesus made that possible through his sacrificial death on the cross. The second purpose is to be part of God's family. We have been adopted into God's amazing family, the church. And we're to enjoy him forever, not just in this life, but for eternity. And the third purpose of our lives is to become more like Jesus. This is part of the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It will be completed when Jesus returns. Listen to this other promise from the Bible, from 1 John. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has yet to be made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What an amazing promise. So how does God guide us? When we believe in Jesus and we have been born again, he gives us a new life, a new heart, a new perspective. 
and he can guide us by his Holy Spirit. It can be like an inner prompting, an inner conviction. I remember a few years ago, uh, an older member of the church uh, who I'd been visiting had got quite sick and uh, she was in hospital and we were told that she was dying. I remember receiving a phone call from her family thanking me for the care that I'd shown. And as I put the phone down, I had this inner prompting in my heart that I needed to go and visit her right then. It was really late at night and I was ready for bed. I had my pajamas on. But again, that prompting just came to me that I should go, go to the hospital. And then I had this sort of discussion with God. Well, it's 50 minutes away. They don't need me now. It came again, so I got dressed. I made my way to the hospital. And when I got there, the whole family were there surrounding the bed. They were obviously exhausted and very emotional. So I said to them, why not take a break? I'll sit with your loved one. And as I sat there, I just held her hand and I just said to her, it's okay. God has got you. It's okay to go. And in that moment, that wonderful lady just passed away from this life into eternity. And then the family came back. They'd missed that moment, but there was something about just having that moment of peace to let go. Maybe the emotion of the time was difficult for the family. And I believe that that was God just prompting me to say those last words to that lovely lady. Conscience is another way that God speaks to us. We've all been given by God this inner voice that tells us when we, we know that perhaps we're in the wrong. It guides us into the right path. There was a story once of a man who became a Christian and he found that he couldn't sleep because he owed the tax man money. So he wrote to the tax office and explained that he'd become a Christian and enclosed a cheque. And he added a PS, if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. And then there's godly advice. God speaks through the wisdom of Christian friends. I've known that again and again in my life. I remember one particular uh, friend of mine called Ted, Ted Earl. He was a retired minister and we had such a great friendship. And prior to my coming to uh, be the minister of this church in Chipping Camden, um, I was chatting with him about the process of being interviewed. And he was just giving me some help and guidance. And he asked me, what do you think your strengths are, Philip? Where's your strength? And I pondered for a moment. I said, well, I think I'm a, quite a good communicator. I get on with all ages. And, and he interrupted me and he said, stupid boy. Now, I could take that from Ted. He said to me, your strength is in the Lord. The Lord is your strength. Thanks, Ted. When I came for the interview, sure enough, someone asked me, and what do you think your strengths are? What's your strength? And I remembered what he'd told me, and I said, my strength is in the Lord. He is my strength. 
must have worked because I got the job. And then there's common sense. God has given us brains to use. Love this story. This Christian believer was uh, involved in a a storm and um, there was a flood. So he clambered onto the top of his house and he cried out to God to save him. And a little rowing boat came past and they said, come, get in the boat. And he said, no, no, uh, no worries. I've prayed and God's going to save me. The water got higher. Then a motorboat came along. Get in the boat, we'll save you. He said, no, no, I've prayed and God's going to save me. And then the water got right onto the roof and a helicopter came by and they let down a rope and they said, we'll save you. And he said, no, no, I don't need your help. I've asked God to save me. And he drowned. And the story goes, he gets to the pearly gates quite angry with God. Why didn't you save me? And he said, God replied to him, I said, I sent you a rowing boat, a speedboat, and a helicopter. What more do you want? Sometimes we just have to use our common sense, and God guides us in those ways. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. The primary way God guides us is through the Bible. As I said earlier, it's sometimes called the maker's instructions. It's also being called the Christian survival kit. And one of my favourites is basic information before leaving earth. Martin Luther called it a love letter from God. Now, I know we don't send many letters these days. We tend to WhatsApp and text and, and message one another. But if you can remember ever receiving a letter from someone you loved or who loved you? Do you remember how you would treasure it and reread it again and again? And every time you read it, it would be as if the first time you'd read it at all and it would speak to you. The Bible is like that. We can read it again and again and God speaks to us again and again about his love for us. It contains the best news that we will ever hear, that we are loved by Almighty God And he has come in Jesus to save us. Save us from our sins and give us eternal life as a gift. He has conquered death for us. So let's get a little bit practical. We're going to look at the Bible in a little bit more detail. When you look at the Bible closely, we see that it's not just one book. It's actually a collection of books, 66 books. It's a mini library. It was written over a period of 1,500 years by about 40 different authors who range from fishermen to scholars to poets, doctors and kings. All were inspired by God to write. The Bible is God-inspired, God-breathed. Let me try and illustrate that. We all know that St Paul's Cathedral in London was built by Sir Christopher Wren. Yet he didn't lay a single stone. That was done by stonemasons and carpenters and labourers. Different people worked on it, but it had one inspiration, one architect. The same is true of the Bible. God uses many different authors, but he inspires it. 
It contains the best news the world can ever hear. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It tells us of the hope of the resurrection to eternal life, made possible by Jesus. It's a book that's divided into two main parts. The Old Testament contains 39 books, the New Testament 27 books. And the Bible is written in different genres, types of books. If you have a modern Bible, one of the most important pages that you can look at is the contents page. It tells you all the books contained within. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew originally, and in that book, there's narrative and story and tradition and history. There's law and instruction, there's poetry and song, there's prophecy and wisdom. It covers the story of God and his dealings with humanity and how he calls a people to himself and points to the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, God with us. And then there's a gap of about 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament was originally written in Greek and it was written between 40 and 150 AD. The Gospels are the accounts of Jesus' life written by eyewitnesses, such as Matthew, one of the disciples. Mark, who was very close to the early disciples and a good friend of Peter, and it's often regarded as Peter's recollections. Mark is the shortest of the Gospels. It's, I sometimes call it the match of the day Gospel. It's the highlights. Jesus did this and did this and did this. Then there's Luke's Gospel. He was a close friend of the early church and particularly the Apostle Paul. And Luke was not a Jew, he was a Gentile. And he gave an accurate account of the life of Jesus. And then you have John's Gospel, the longest of the Gospels. A disciple of Jesus who was there when Jesus died on the cross and who writes much later on in his life. Many other of the disciples had been killed, but he is exiled onto the island of Patmos, having survived many death threats and attempts on his life. Luke then writes a sequel to his gospel called Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. It's the story of the early church. Filled with the Holy Spirit, they took the message of Jesus to the whole world. And then we have letters written by Paul and Peter and John and James and Jude, written to the early church. And the New Testament finishes with the book of Revelation. It's a book filled with visions and a message from Jesus. It's a prophetic and apocalyptic book. That means it speaks about the end times, the promise of Jesus' return, and the fact that Jesus wins in the end. So the Bible is precious, it is powerful, and it is popular. It is the main way that we hear from God. 
and his plans and purposes for us. As we read the Bible, we can encounter God and find guidance for our lives. It's not a rule book, but it does contain instructions, commandments. Think of the Ten Commandments. Think of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. There are boundaries within the Bible, not there to spoil our lives, but to protect us from harm. Because if you think about it without boundaries, there is no freedom, just chaos. Just think about your favorite sport. If it had no boundaries or referees or rules, there would be complete chaos. If we didn't have rules or laws to govern us, there would be chaos. The boundaries that God sets in place are there for our good. But above all, the Bible speaks of his love for us. It speaks of what Jesus did for us. And all God's promises are true and he will keep everyone. Why do I believe the Bible is inspired by God? Well, firstly, because it claims to be. The Apostle Paul says all scripture is God-breathed. But secondly, because it seems to be. When you read the Bible, it seems to have that ring of truth about it. And thirdly, because it proves to be. I found in my life that God speaks to me through the Bible again and again. And the more I read it, the more God speaks to me. So if you've never read the Bible, can I encourage you to give it a go? Start with the New Testament, the Gospels, the story of Jesus and the early church, and maybe the Psalms in the Old Testament. If you've stopped reading the Bible, why not begin again? I encourage you to pick it up again. Maybe make it your aim to read the New Testament again. And when you read it, ask questions. What does it say? What does it mean? How can I apply it to my life? I believe the Bible will help us in our walk with God. And as we read it, the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our lives and it will give us the courage to persevere in our walk with God. The Bible, uniquely popular, uniquely powerful, uniquely precious. Let's read it. Thank you for listening. God bless you.